0: The cricket's back to the Final Tackle Podcast. I'm actually in the beautiful town of Bondi. First time I've actually ever been here, so I went for a swim. And I'm joined by former Roosters, Warriors and Hull FC winger, Todd Byrne. Thank you for joining us here, man. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. First of all, tell us a bit about your upbringing. Are you grassroots? Did you grow up in the Bondi area? or No, I
1: uh, grew up in uh, Maroobra, Okay. A couple of beaches to the south. Yep. Uh, so I suppose in a footy sense I started. Playing when I was like four years old for a team called Southeastern, okay. uh, which is out at Malabar. Yep. Uh, stayed with them all the way sort of through yep. until I was like probably thirteen or fourteen, and then uh, I suppose you have the we well, becoming getting the rep foot footy, and there was Matthew. Was Matthew Shield back in Matthew's Harold Matthews Cup.
0: Yeah, Harold Matthews
1: Cup. Uh, Matthew's yep. So, yep. Trial for that, and uh, basically did the whole. The first time was like a pre-season. So yeah. You spend like the whole of like, summer training and all that. And uh, I was like scrawny and skinny and I played like, five 5'8". I was like extremely small for my age. Yep, yep. And so I played all the way through the trials and they didn't really play me at eight, So I played at back. I played hooker. Yep. And all I could do was really tackle because I wasn't really big enough. Yep. Anyway, so I basically trained the whole thing and then the week before, the, week, the two weeks before they picked the team they basically bought 10 or 12 kids in the country. Yep. And yep. gave a lot of the young the local guys the flick, and I was one of them, so I was just like, uh, stuff footy, on don't do this. Okay. So just went surfing. Okay. I uh, grew up in Maruga, so. Close by beaches? Close by the beach, and, and just decided i want to. All my mates were surfing at the time, so I just loved surfing, just like was uh, 10. Yep. Was, uh, I didn't play footy anymore, and had like uh, five years off. Oh, wow. And then, uh, after I finished school, <laughs> All my mates played for <coughs> for a team called Matraville.
0: Okay, yep, yeah, Matraville's a very and renowned team. Mato
1: Tigers. So went and played for them, and it was just, we just had a blast. So uh, that was after five years, first year back, so we went and scored 25-30 tries. Oh, far and out! My other mate, Dylan, uh, would have scored equal. So we played, we had a really good good team, and then the next year I went to the Wombats.
0: Okay, which, yep. Which is sort of
1: almost my local team. And uh, my dad was involved with them. And, the Wombats were basically based at Primavera Beach yep. which was in the old days is, uh, what, what, where the pub was that they all drank at. Okay, yep. um, at the Wombats I played with a guy called Corey Bampin, mm-hmm. uh, son of Daryl Bampin and I was playing really well and they put me in fullback because I was so small and skinny. Yep. And we played well and uh, at the end of the year I had uh, one the South coaches come down to watch me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I played really well that game. And, he like, the, the coach was like, I think it was Darren Neville, was basically like, i told him to come back when he's put on 10 kilos. Yep. And so I was like, oh, fair enough. And then, but Bampo's uh, are uh, good mates with uh, Steve Gillis, the player yep. manager. Yep. So uh, Chimes basically emailed me and said, oh, mate, you want to, I'll get your trial. The have just been kicked out of the comp. Yep. Your trial of the roosters is on, is on Tuesday, because goes, trial starts on Saturday if you want to do it. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. To play for South, so I get one. Basically you got one you got one shot. Yeah. So I just You took it? Turned up in the 40s in a single and <laughs> started training it was the first session at Merry Beach it's a long for
0: me. Fire out. Um, and from that point to the debut with the Roosters, what was it like getting your debut, you know, being told from the point of being told you're gonna get your first game in the first grade and then actually running out onto the field for your first grade debut, what was that like?
1: Yeah it's, uh, it's extremely surreal going from not playing park footy and then into, the first year I was in reserve grade
0: yeah.
1: and it was a great learning experience because we had, you know, a lot of the first graders were coming back to playing reserve grade so I had Darren Burns who was excellent, uh, Ian Rubin, Robert Roll, Jack Ellswood had time there, a lot of like big name first grade yeah. players and so it was for me just a kid from the beach, you no one, most of my mates thought I was joking when I started to play footy, yeah. when I wasn't playing. You know, so. um, and then the second year, had a real injury sort of cry. I'd played, scored 20-odd tries in the first year in Yep. And uh, Graham Murray was coach and I think Luke Phillips was injured. Yep. And I was playing full, I'd been playing fullback the second half of the year. Yep. And he basically just said, mate, you're, you're playing. And I okay, well, I was excited, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, and it was a Monday, what, the first Monday night game i played in so long, so I oh, had to wow. sit there all weekend. And just Chewing your nails. And, yep. and nervous and... Obviously, I, I was living at River Beach with my mate, and I just sat there all weekend, and people were just coming in, all my mates were coming in and laughing, and like how nervous I am. And we played Monday night um, against the Panthers, and yeah, played well, got man of the match. It was extremely nervous, <laughs> uh, and one of the, the main things I <laughs> I remember is turning up to the game. I was obviously sweating, and then yep. like, the team talk, Graham Murray was like. Okay, we've got our skinny DeBuin today and uh, he's extremely nervous and so am I and I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> it, it, like, I was just so embarrassed. But then uh, pretty much after that, we uh, had Fletch and Freddie and my sort of nerves just went away yeah. just as we ran out. It's been a really enjoyable experience. Yep. Uh, so I had like 20 or 30 mates in the crowd. Yeah, uh, nice. Cheering and cheering. It was Monday. It was a raining Monday night so it was not a the game. Um, but I got drug tested after the game. So dehydrated, I couldn't piss, so I ended up having to stay behind for like two hours. Far out. So everyone went back to the club and did the presentations, and I wasn't there. um,
0: Oh wow, pretty Um, pretty
1: memorable.
0: Yeah, and um, unfortunately, speaking of against the Panthers, um, most notably the 2003 grand final when you were all but certain to score the try. You know, just come on, I think it was like the 50 something minute. They've kicked it, You've they've passed it over to you, and you're down the line, and then Sattler tackles you. What was going through your mind during that moment, sort of um, thing? Just run? Well, it, was a re, it was a really uh, wet, wet it was. It, it was, through. I rewatched it yesterday. It, it was bucketing it down was that bucketing night. It
1: bucketing down. And there's, there's a lot of things about that game that were just, things weren't really going, didn't really go away all the time. Yep. Uh, but that particular thing where I, I was back on my, in my end goal, uh, I think it was the last tackle. Yeah, it was, oh, it, was, oh, it, was oh, oh, tackle, it was last tackle, yeah. Day. I think Ryan Gerdler kicked it and he rebounded it off someone outing, we Ye- maybe, uh, I think know, someone, yeah. And Freddie picked it up, so I basically sprinted and caught the ball and in the same sort of motion, palmed off uh, Luke Lewis. Yes, you did, yes. Um, and as I started running, being not, I don't have terribly good biomechanics, very tight through the hips and quads. and what. Yep. And I just stumbled three or four steps and my only sort of thought was, and I've got a really I had a really good friend,
0: Yep, so that was like one of the only
1: things I had really good going for him was defend, Fend, but uh, I remember watching a uh, mini score try against Cronulla earlier in the year, and it was a similar sort of situation. I remember him just pinning his ears back and not even looking at just so that's basically what I try to do. Yep. Once I lost my momentum, I thought it's going to be a lot harder for me to, to Fend. Or, yep, um, yeah. so.
0: That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Some some say that was the turning point of the game because it was six all. Sure. I honestly don't think so. Um, granted, yes, it may have given the Panthers players a boost, but I personally reckon the turning point for um, Pandas was when the forwards started offloading more right. towards. Uh, I think it was about the 65th-ish minute towards, like uh, just after they, um, just before, just before they scored the second try. Um, before the Predis went right under the, the right, sticks. Right, that, right. That, that, in my opinion, that was the turning point. Yeah. Um,
1: they, they were, they were like an incredibly scrappy team.
0: Really, They're
1: scrappy yeah. in the sense that they they were, had this ability to chase back and, and cover defend and turn
0: nothing and, out of something and something out of nothing right they were just all over the place
1: but they turn up in the right places and they had a, obviously a, a lot of skillful players and it yep. was a very lib sort of the style they played with yep. the Nullabows the, yep. and all the big guys as you say, saying bumping offloading and,
0: yep. you know, and it was, just worked somehow it uh, just worked that night for them we
1: had, we had played them uh, earlier in the year at, at, at Penrith Park yep. what do they call it Panther Stadium uh, some I know I mean, our game plan had been so we'd get to the edge and just go one two all the way up the field and, and kick. And yep. We would kick. We used to kick like in our forty, from our forty, and just turn around because they're big. Yep. And we, I think we led twenty nil at when We really romped it in, and then, in the grand final, like the game plan changed. it was just like, you've got to bash them. You've got to go through them. <laughs> so the, the the first. I remember the first half, especially, just being a bash up between our forwards and their forwards Martin Lane Yo, John Clinton, Martin, Joel Clinton, uh, Clinton, Adrian Morley. You know, Morley uh, gave it so good and the moz was an, an animal so we had all our guy and kuzak and all the other guys we just rico rico was uh you know obviously he wasn't always the biggest bloke but he was he was a know, hard hitter put though himself, yeah, put himself out and it was it was a very brutal sort of first half especially um yeah but they had that ability to, to track back and you know, i remember ryan cross i think he took an intercept
0: i think he did yes he did and yes down the right hand side,
1: yeah. in the background, getting treatment and got up and tackled him and Yeah, <laughs> I think Chris Flannery sort of broke through to score and tripped over, and then or Jason Kalos did the same. So we had all these little things.
0: Yeah.
1: But the the thing were the thing with me is, um, that was also just one of those things uh, yeah,
0: it's just unfortunate. I've had thousands of people ask you Probably about every it. every idiot in the world wants to tell you their opinion on it. I don't necessarily have an opinion about it. It's, uh, it's, it's d- d- how the game works. It's, it's like one of those infamous moments that... It is. Yeah. Uh, and you were on, yeah. unfortunately on the unfortunate Although, side of it. Right. And
1: people love to remember your misses instead of your hits. But oh, it's, no. it's part of the folklore. But uh, I've had people like, tell me why didn't you step inside like,
0: and that's easier thinking, That's my, easier said than done though. Oh, oh, on the, my, in the moment, you're just running. Yeah, it's my recollection. Different Because I'm, I'm sure it was like... The you were, you were hugging the, the right. sideline. You couldn't have stepped out because yeah, you would have just been got real tackled real right in regardless yeah. and given but, the rain, you know. It is what it is. Exactly, you know. Um, and Please, I wouldn't have done it any if I had the chance. You know, I just would have come yep. to that. exactly. Um, and tendenting a little bit off to that, you then went over to the Warriors for a little bit. Uh, what was that like compared to um, being based in Australia to being based over over the Tasman over in New Zealand?
1: Um, yeah, like, uh, so yeah. after the grand final, obviously, uh... I had to, well, I shouldered sort of a lot of the, the blame for the loss. And uh, knowing Nicky Stewart, he's a very passionate and intense guy. I'm sure in his like I, I was a big part of the reason he didn't get a premiership. So <coughs> my manager said to me at the start, I just signed a two year deal that year for the next two years. Oh, extension on it? Yeah. Oh, uh, And I, I, I was never on big money, but uh, in the previous. Still an extension, though. Still an extension, but my manager said to me, Oh mate, you're gonna to have to look for somewhere else. I'm like, what do you mean? I just signed for two years. He goes, yeah, yeah but yeah. well, he didn't like saying out loud. And then obviously during the year, I got uh, all the I played the first eighteen games. Yep. Uh, very uh, motivated, and I didn't want to want to give him like the chance to drop me. Uh, yeah, like, well, a few rounds anyway. So I was pretty bummed. I was in reserve grade, and then. Uh, had the end of season awards night, and my manager rang me and said, "I've just spoken to Tony Kemp. Yep, uh, who was coaching the Warriors, and he said he's interested." "Barbara, would you be interested?" And I was like, "Let's, let's see what happens." Yeah. And So that all happened really quickly before the grand finals was even played. I was uh, signed, and then on a plane over there, up three, two and a, half, what, two and a half weeks after the grand final. Yep. Just had shoulder surgery. Um, so it was very, it was very different going from the roosters who
0: were. Been the creme de la creme, they three made it to the last three grand finals for they, the Warriors. Five of, was, the last, five of the last, pretty much since 2000, only missed um, out on one. Right, right. You know? And, then, <laughs> and they uh, still are a force to reckon with.
1: Right. And then to go to the Warriors at that stage, who'd been, been in been, one. Been 2000 the 2000, 2004, 2000, they'd been up and around. But then they'd gone on this thing where they wanted to get all their guys really big. Uh, the game had sort of changed to a speeder, faster game, and they won't fit. Yep. So they got the wooden spoon the year before. Yep. Um, uh, all I came to the Warriors and it's a new club and you know, new culture and, uh, yeah, and I, I like it. really uh, got right into it. It's a lot of fun, but we got so flogged the first <laughs> the first preseason I was there. They were obviously all very unfit, and,
0: and they had to get them into shape. Had to get them in shape, so they
1: they flogged us just as hard, if not harder, than we had at the first season.
0: Oh wow, being
1: a, a skinny guy, yep. it was pretty difficult to uh, maintain weight. So even though it, like. Being over there, I ended up moving in with Nathan Fien, who yep. went over there. Yep. So it was great to be with him and Belinda and uh, his family. Uh, but I'd put on and tried to maintain my weight <laughs> in the off season. And then uh, I think basically one day they said, Okay, on Monday, guys, you've got to rock up, you've got to bring boots in a bag. We're going on, on a secret my boot
0: camp sort of boot camp. thing. So
1: yeah. they got us on a bus and we went to. Uh, an SAS camp. Oh wow! An army SAS camp. <laughs>
0: Shit. And we we're all
1: there thinking we're going a training camp, and we basically did the boot camp for the SAS yeah. over three days. We didn't have any
0: sleep. There's it, a lot of teams that do that nowadays yeah, as well. Yeah. And it was horrific. <sighs> you're, you're
1: basically carrying like a shell, a missile shell around, putting it on the ground. You didn't, so you did. We were up at three thirty in the morning. Didn't sleep. Doing push ups. So the three or four kilos I put on over the I lost. We're gone. Yeah. So yeah. I went back to <laughs> being as skinny as I was. Um, but yeah, it was, I had a. I really loved enjoyed New Zealand. I loved the uh, new culture and new people, and it's very different to being. A, they're a one team town, but they're they not. They're not the uh, the main team. Obviously, the rugby union is yeah, huge. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: So with you had the, a little bit of uh, and
1: anonymity over there, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's a one team town, and of course, most all the imports were sort of by themselves or by from, uh, their homes. It was very tight. And, We all socialized together. We all did everything together. Yeah. And the the Kiwi boys were outstanding and welcoming and, yeah, made a lot of really good friends over there and
0: loved all the three years. Wow. Uh, And um, switching over to going overseas again, you then, excuse the words, hauled us over to the UK and paid for Hull FC. Right. Again, all I can ask is what was that like? And the same questions, you know, going over to a totally different league, really, you can say with all the rule differences um, and everything in between, what was that like?
1: Uh, it, was, uh, it was again like an, another complete culture shock uh, to go from summer. Uh, the funny, funny story: uh, Peter Sharp was the coach, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I was living with Wade McKinnon in, uh, in uh, New Zealand, and yep. he'd been a Parramatta with Sharpie. Uh, we were playing our semis. I think I was playing centre, and we were playing through our major, minor semis and stuff. And um, yeah, Sharpie rang Wade up and said, um oh, Nowhere we're looking to take Skinny over to Hull and later I was like, yeah, bro, go for it, you know, and, uh, So I spoke to Sharpie and that, that all got sorted out. And uh, I, before I went I came back to Australia and had a couple of weeks and I met Brian Fletcher, yep. uh, down the north end over here at Wonders. Yeah. I was having a swim and he's like, Well skinny, where are you going, and I said, Oh mate, I'm going over to Hull FC just raw, raw and he just started roaring roaring laughing and I was like, What do you mean? What are you laughing at? And he said, mate, it just got voted worst city in Europe. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> but I got there, and it's it's you know it's you know, it's very grey and rainy and stuff, but yep. uh, and it's a very very rugby league town. And more uh, religious about their rugby league than no, no, really than they seen. are
0: football and whatnot. Right, and
1: it's split down the middle, but right? With like, whole KR and that, whole FC, and they, yeah. They hate each other. Like, <laughs> and, like yeah, but it's a like genuine hate. Genuine hating. You get on the, the the team bus, and like there's old ladies spitting at the bus. Like it's really oh wow. They're throwing, they're throwing things out you. And, Shit. And so it's, like, it's really uh they're really.
0: Aggressively, uh, aggressively love their team, right?
1: <laughs> and but I, I, I really loved it in The football was, uh, was a, lot, a, a lot different to Australia at the mm-hmm. time, I'm sure it's different uh, a lot slower, uh, a lot muddier, obviously, than oh, definitely. But it just uh, where in Australia, I suppose you know, the markers would do a lot of work and tackling over, uh, over there. You'd, you'd be able to get, get in dummy half, the markers weren't that aggressive chasing, so you'd a little bit freedom. And, and you know, a lot of good Aussies over there and a lot of good uh, pommy guys to meet. Um, so, yeah, I had a blast. It's a shame that sort of, I like, did my knee when I was over there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, ended up uh, retiring after uh, the second
0: year. So. Nice. Um, so, speaking of retirement, um, yeah. what are you doing with yourself nowadays? Um, the last few years and, like, this year in particular, is there anything that you've got going? Or
1: uh, I work out on in Port Botany. Okay. Uh, not on the walls, but basically in the, on the oil and the gas ships. Yep. Uh, so I've been. My dad worked on the walls his whole life, so I, I was there before I played footy. And basically, the day, I, the day I got off the plane from England, my mate worked out there and he rang up and said, "Hey, you want a job?" Mm-hmm. I'm sort of in that sort of uh, industry ever since. Um, outside of that, I do some trading, um, stock market stuff. Nice. So I've been doing that for like three years, three years, three and a half years. Yep. So that's uh, yeah,
0: really really interesting. So no, that's good. And uh, it took a long time to find something. And... Yeah, to get into routine sort of thing. Or...
1: Just uh, like yeah, I've got a degree in journalism and stuff. So I when I when I did my knee, I was like you know like am thirty two I'll retire and I'm sure I'll slot, slot into some media. But it's, it's a lot that, harder. That media landscape in 2010 was changing it, mean, newspapers weren't a thing as much you know. No, because social media was on the takeover <laughs> so, at the time. yeah so uh, the podcasting and stuff like wasn't exactly huge it was still going going up development actually, of, the only up,
0: thing maybe was the, w- yeah. the newspapers were going to websites sort right, of thing but
1: they were cutting their workforce like mm. the City Morning Herald uh, well, I applied for a few times there but they only want like junior graduates Yeah. You know, or, or I went to work experience with Fox Sports and stuff but they only you know, wanted like juniors that they Painting. So It was very difficult. I, you know, my partner here from overseas, and it's very difficult to to, to support two people in like 30 grand a year. Yeah, for sure. So you're stuck in stuck in the, the walls around, uh, and doing the doing the trading. You know,
0: really it. nice. Um, and going to a few fun questions. Um, how do you like your steak cooked? Uh medium. Medium, yeah, nice. Yeah. Um I feel it. Please, nice. I feel it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, as for beer, what's your beer of choice or alcoholic drink of choice? Uh,
1: I'm not. I'm not a huge drinker, but uh,
0: just a, like a super dry or something. Yep. So if I do drone perhaps. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And speaking of super, uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be, and why? Uh
1: Uh, read people's
0: minds, yeah so. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, Joel Clinton said he'd, he'd like to be able to, not necessarily be able to read minds, but tell when someone's bullshitting. Right. So, more or less just tell when they're lying, Right. I guess. So that, that's a pretty cool, good it's one as the, well. Uh, yeah, it's not,
1: not that hard to do actually. If no, that's true, if you, especially not, uh, if you know the person. Yeah, just focus on what, what words they use and what words they, they omit and then their body language and then
0: get a pretty decent yeah. idea. Uh, which coach was most beneficial for you during your first grade career? do you reckon?
1: Um, I think they were in all uh, in different ways they were all very beneficial yep. uh, and I think that also depends on how a, an individual player is motivated uh, so when I, when I first uh, when Ricky Stewart first came to the club the, the thing that was most about I'm not, I most about, noticed most about him extremely intense yep. and uh, very passionate about it but he put a lot of faith in things and for me, I, don't, I think when he came, out and played three or four games. Yep. And we had like inju- this massive injury crisis with 12 or 14 first grade. About. I think we played Newcastle. And so the whole, te- basically, the majority of the team was reserve grade to first grade. Yep. Playing Jelly Johns and Hiddley and stuff. And so I was playing on the wing. And, and he, just, he just went and said to me, mate, I know, how, I know you can defend. And this is all I want you to do. I don't even want you to worry about anything else. Just go out there and do that. And I'm, out and do it and he would after that I stayed in first grade for a while mm-hmm. then went back and forth but he would basically always take me aside and he had a lot of uh, uh, he was very honest he had a lot of, a lot of trust in me
0: yeah so like he a, told you what he needed you to do and told you what you don't need to do Yeah, you know very, do it and I'm happy sort right. of right,
1: and that was a, that was always a big thing for me if, if I felt that the, the coach believed in me I, I would perform and, Yeah, and the same with Tony Kemp when I did. first Day I met Tony Kemp. I walked in, and he said, "Geez, you're bigger than I thought, mate. I've watched you for years. I really think you're going to do well here. And I and basically, and the whole way I was the first year of the Warriors, uh that's how it was. And uh, that, that's why I think I had such a good year of I him, mean, obviously. I felt like I had a point to prove yep. was, to the Roosters and to the rugby league sort of world. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and Kempi was very helpful in that. And even when I was injured and I was worried about losing my spot, he would always take me aside and say, mate. Yeah. You, you, do, you go out there and play the way you want to play and know what you can do and that that was very helpful. Um, in a tactical sense, uh, Ivan was uh, Ivan Clear was really good tactically. Yes. Um, and he's always yeah, very calm, and so he's a very calm sort of guy, uh, but technic, technically very good, always very studious and reading stuff and, uh, and that was a bit different in yeah. very as uh, it's very quiet compared to what like, Richard Stewart did off his tree a lot he would, yeah. uh, in that kind of passionate way, but it took me a lot, I suppose I, with Ivan, it took me a long time to realise uh, how to get the best out of myself while he was coached, mm-hmm. for the first, I injured my, I broke my arm the first year, but it, it took a while, but by the, the last year I was there, I, I, I sort of acclimatised his sort of style, and learned a lot about my own sort of motivations and stuff, uh, yep. he did some things like brought in sports psychologists, and different styles of training, and Really
0: from, uh, from that. Wait, one second, just kind of... Sorry, um, and continuing on with the which coaches were most beneficial. Um, so you've covered Sticky Stewart, you've covered um, Tony Kemp, and Ivan Clary. Uh, what about um the coach you had at Hull?
1: Okay, so when I first arrived was Peter Sharp. Yep, and and anyone knows Sharp, he knows he's a character. Mhm. Uh, and, and I, you know, when I first got there, I, and I was like, it's a high, a high pressure in Hull. Uh, <laughs> The owners are very ruthless, um, especially in Australia, my an Australian coach, the pressure is on to get results strong.
0: Oh, away. for sure, yeah. Because uh, there's a sort of, I don't mean to put, um, fuck, with word, put shit on the Super League, but the NRL is definitely a, a, a bigger, um, skillful level compared to the Super League. Right, so, no, no. agreed, if there's an Australian coach that's come oh, over, yeah, there's an you expectation. Know, yeah, to get results there. within two years at least. Yeah,
1: and Hull were a <coughs> team, they. Few years previously, they'd been in the top three or four, yep. but they'd fallen off. And Sharpie was, I remember him picking me up one day for training, and driving, and saying, oh, you know, skinny, I've got to get results. <laughs> of, uh, they'll, 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 they'll punt me, and I was like, oh, Sharpie, blah, blah. I told about New Zealand and doing sports psychology and how it uh, how I benefited from it. And I was explaining to and he was just like, mate, you've got to sit down and tell me how to do it. <laughs> I've got to learn how to de-stress. <laughs> and, uh, so he was there, and he, he was great, but uh, the team wasn't performing, and was a, at that time, like, you get on the team bus, and there'd still be guys eating pie and, pie and coke or chips and coke, oh, going go to a Super League match. And so most of the Aussies were just like, oh, my God, what, what the earth is going on? Yeah. And um, in the end, uh, I think halfway through the season, he got... Pete got the, Sharpie got the sack, oh. uh, which was a shame. He was a lovely bloke. Uh, and then Richard Agar took over. Okay, sure. yeah. Uh, and Rich was, uh, was a he was he was assistant coach. He was great. He had he was a real, another character, real funny guy, real good knowledge of uh, league. And we went really sort of well under him. We made the Challenge Cup final yeah. in 2008. Yep. Uh, uh, we didn't win, uh, and then he, he he still made it though. He still, we made it there. We had you know. And, you know, a, lot of, a lot of stories come out of that sort of thing, we, we had a you know, great, we were like the massive underdogs against St. Helens, and we led with five minutes to go 12-10, mm.
0: <laughs> but
1: we really, had yeah. a lot of dramas, uh, Adam Dice was our halfback
0: the, yep. Oh wow. the rest of the
1: year, and every time Dice he played, big wing, win, he just had a lot strength, but he had lots of issues with injuries, and he injured himself, and he wasn't being able to play. I thought he was right for the, the final. It's a big drama. and are not playing. So we basically had uh, Tommy Lee, who um, was hooker, played. Uh, we had a young kid, Tom Briscoe, yep. who uh, went under. He's played for England quite a bit. He was
0: yeah.
1: enormous. Uh, but yeah, we led 12 to 10 with five minutes to go and we dropped the ball for kicked off and they scored two quick tries. Uh, but yeah, Richard Agar ended up, ended up coming out and helping out with St George. Yep. Uh, fantastic coach, fantastic bloke. Um, yeah, but obviously I learn a lot off, off everyone. So wow, that's one of the great things about footy—you get to meet some people and, yep. and coaches and, and see how, and
0: how things work. Well, especially I'm guessing it'd be a somewhat of a culture shock—not necessarily country cultures, but Super League and NRL. From because as you said, there was players still having pies and coke getting off the team bus when they get to the stadium, yeah, whereas yeah. I'm sure in the NRL it was—it was, you know. Very,
1: don't do that right right you died <coughs> it was very sort of um, uh, catered to uh, and, yeah and to go over to Hull and Hull is a, it's a big beer drinking town and big uh, and <laughs> the guys I don't know Paul King the loveliest lovely bloke I yep. just love the piss and love the cigarette and, and not just him otherwise you know cans of coke and chips in the past and, and Peter Guso and Sean Bergen and myself. what the hell is going on here
0: yeah
1: but we had a lot we had a lot of fun but um, there are has certainly improved uh, yeah. in the last decade. You know, the Burgess boys and guys and
0: have come over here. Exactly, Edinburgh. and now Mahe Fanua has gone over to um, Hull FC this year. And yeah, there's plenty of English boys coming over here. It's it's honestly nothing but good for the game. Yep. <coughs> and touching on the Super League yeah. and the NRL, the World Club Challenge is coming up with your former team, the Roosters, right. going up against St Helens. Um, Roosters won it last year, yeah. um, obviously they're in it again because they won the grand final yeah. again. Um, what are your thoughts on who's going to win that?
1: Uh, I just think psychologically the Roosters have the wood over the
0: any league, club. Any club. Um, I agree.
1: Uh, <laughs> I remember after after the first final they won when Kuba did his shoulder and played the game. I remember speaking of your mates and I, I said uh, my, my thoughts are they'll win it next year purely because of that. Yeah, They beat Melbourne who's like the, the yardstick for the last decade with 12 men and they flogged them. Mm-hmm. Every other team is, must be thinking subconsciously how on earth do we beat this, these guys?
0: Honestly, agreed, because yeah. I, I've spoken to some former players, as everyone knows, and everyone seemed to agree that the Roosters, they don't have a team, they've got a squad, right. is what they've got. That's, like, you you honestly, anyone can come in and fill in for anyone, right, and um, they're just as skilled. Right, and right. I, I can't fault the Roosters. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they're at least in the preliminary final this year coming I, I, up I, I reckon
1: I, as, uh, as you just said like any player can fill in so I'm sure that uh, Luke Curie will <laughs> take over the role for sure and be the understudy we, just as and he and Chris will do.
0: still be there Good in, course, a, in yeah. a coaching capacity uh, yeah
1: I, I, I don't you know, I, I don't know if they'll if win it but I, I think like, they've got to be odds on the way,
0: they've at least got the best chance in a few decades of going to 3p you know right, yeah
1: and everyone thought that winning back to back was never going to happen again but yeah, I, and to see what they, they actually do, just seeing social media, they're, they're all, as a team, they're in Barcelona. I
0: saw that the other day, uh, yeah.
1: And they all look like a very together squad that is basically a family as much as a footy
0: club. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah uh, and I think Trent Robinson has, has created that culture there. I don't, I don't think any other team really had that. Effect.
0: Yeah. it's not Other than Melbourne, maybe. Other
1: than Melbourne, maybe. It's, it's not like a... When the, when the we were at the Roosters it was still a big drinking and party culture. Yeah. And it was, you know, train hard, party hard. Train hard, train hard, so you can party hard. Party so party hard. hard. Party hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that and that worked. That, that, that level of intensity worked for a couple of years, but I think a more long-lasting way is what they're, what they're crafting there. Yeah. I think everyone will obviously start to
0: follow suit. Yeah, I reckon. Um, and last question before we go into the trivia mm-hmm. is. Uh, I well, know that was it I was going to do the little change but I, I forgot about that um, no there is one more um, do you miss is there anything you miss about playing first grade and what don't you miss I'm um, guessing pre, pre-season you don't miss no <laughs> uh,
1: I, I don't I, I loved I loved all the training oh really uh, yeah I was always I was relatively fit so it was never I think obviously the, the hard um, I can tell you a thousand stories of the, the hard training and yeah. the, the crazy yeah. shit we used to do um, but I, I loved the, the training and that. A lot of people with injuries and getting old and stuff hate it, but I always did it relatively easily. Yep. Um, so you love it and m- mostly what you miss is and people say oh you know you, you've gotta you gotta make the money and the, the, the party culture and, and you get playing the, the group, or whatever it is. But it, for me it's just all you all you're doing each week is preparing for a match on Sunday. Yep. It's like getting yourself up and preparing and it's such a great routine to be in. It would be, yeah. 20 of your best mates every day you're getting, getting paid to getting do it as well <laughs> <laughs> you know you're eating healthy you're at the top of your game and that's,
0: that's nothing the, better really and,
1: you, and then I think that's why more than the money and everything else I think that's why people struggle when they retire is
0: the camaraderie that, that camaraderie so. and,
1: and you know you, that purpose you have is you don't have it Yeah, it's very difficult to find it outside of work okay. outside of that, that well, sort
0: of well, and, well rugby league is work I, I, a, a lot of people in my opinion um, you know shun players for taking the big bucks but it's a job yeah. is what it is like yeah, yeah. granted yes you get a, you get paid to do what you love obviously you know but at the end of the day they're just in my opinion going to work, get a paycheck yeah, you know and if someone wants to chase a million bucks a season they're doing that to set up their families as well, yeah. you know. And
1: everyone who complains about yeah, as I as, you know, I mentioned he's a very no uh, passionate and uh, intense, 20 intense 20 guy. Um, 80 80 because,
0: because it was more money. Like, like a great interview. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <a> great <laughs> sort of bloke <laughs> to around. He's, uh,
1: uh, he's funny and, and all the rest of the things, but it's, it's yeah, like he maintains that 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 intensity like 24/7 almost, especially when it comes to maybe celebrity footy,
0: yeah, there are a lot of uh, sort of funny of of memories, memories yeah, from and that. I remember one time we played
1: um, Canterbury. And, of uh, course, well, Canterbury was a, the a team he coached before he came. In the lower grades, he coached Canterbury before he came to the Roosters. So, any time we played a team that he had something to do with, he was like, the super charged intense. Like and intense, and we played him on. Yeah, he, like he it was used, it was but, super uh, personal, was like? and oh, wow. he would I mean, sort of he would he sort of mention it before and the game how, how he he much it meant to him and how of personal of he was taking it. Um, and so yeah, so he, we played Canterbury on Friday night, and we got we got towed up by Canterbury. I don't know if it was the game; Adrian Morley got sent off. I don't remember quite, but I remember we remember we got we got flogged by like thirty. Oh And away. next the next week was going to be our origin. It was origin was on so most of our team was in origin so we, and we yep. had to buy. And was sticky and so coaching, it was all... I don't know it was Phil Gould coaching the um the Blues at that time. Yeah, Gus it? was Gus was on the Gus was coaching the the Blues yeah yep. and so we basically arranged it you'd have we'd have the weekend off and then we'd come in Monday Tuesday and then from Wednesday on it it'd, it'd be off and we'd have like five or six days off. Okay. Um and so on I think it was on Sunday night. We all got a phone call and ever and Vicky saying, I think it was something like, Can- cancel your holidays. And we were like, what? And so we, <laughs> we turned up on Monday morning and the Queensland, got the guys who were playing, who was likely to be selected for Queensland was like flat Chris Flannery and Michael Crocker. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure if uh, Justin Hodges and Chris Walker were, I think they were. But anyway, so the New South Wales boys, Minnie, Fitzy, uh, Wingy, they were all, they all turned up the training. And Sticky was just like, you know, don't forget, don't worry about the balls today, boys. Just get your boots on, and we're out there. And he was so angry. So what had happened is that Friday night we'd been beaten really well, and um, the next day we had our recovery. And then all the Origin guys, Queensland and New South Wales, all those boys, and they was, most of the boys used to live in a house in Bondi, yep, uh, called yep. the House of Grouse, and they all flew up to <laughs> Queensland. Yeah, yeah. So I think they had like five or six guys living there. Uh, Finchie and Chris Walker and Minnie, and uh, everyone used to hang out there. And they went up to the Goldie for the weekend and yep. got on the piss all weekend, went to the casino, and everyone sort of, Sticky obviously found out about it. And that would have just, he would have been hurting so much from the loss. And to see that, to find out that all those boys were out there partying. Like, uh, so yeah, he cancelled like, our holidays.
0: Yeah, I get it. Like maybe he saw it as a way of you guys were somewhat you know, f- celebrating even though he thought you shouldn't right. be sort of thing.
1: Oh, exactly, yeah. And so here we came in on the Monday and I'd, at, that, at that stage, Will, our club was well known for how hard we trained. Uh, when he first came in in 2002, yep. the the rumours got around the NRL about how hard our pre-seasons were and, and, and then we won the comp and then it became sort of like an aura thing that, you know, that them boys are fitter than everyone. And that was, it was also a mentality we adopted is that, you know, no one puts in more work than we do, and that's we train hard, we play hard, we party harder. Yep. And so, yes, yeah, so we flogged us unmercifully the, the first day. Um, we used to do these things called four and fives. You have to round the oval four laps in five minutes, and it was tough, tough to make for even the even the fittest guys. It was tough to make. Right. So we'd be doing like all these, and we did things called Malcolm's and Kelly's, which is basically hitting the ground for a set of six, and they're really, really tough. Yep. So, and it was. A couple of the origin guys were there, um, so we'd have to do a four and five. And if you didn't make the time, the whole group had to do it again. Oh, so we had a lot of the wow, wow. reserve grade, reserve grade, all the guys in the squad who weren't in first grade and or just young and coming through, and they weren't making the time. So we just had to keep doing it. And then he was like, "Yeah, he's it, back on Tuesday." And it was just again, it was like two or three hours of just this brutal training. And I remember at the we'd done we'd done the two the two four and fives and some Malcoms. Yep. And he was like, "Okay, you do, you're going to do another four and five, and um, you've got to." Well, he didn't sort of tell us, but he said everyone has to make the five, the, the five minutes. And no, he said, "What well, uh, he said, yeah, well, you know, whoever makes it around the first lap first cuts off, and then everyone who comes in first and each lap gets, you know, drops off, and the rest have to make in the five There it was, it was brutal. And I remember after oh, right. the training session, the, the Origin boys were, were going, and it, it was the hardest session we'd ever sort of done. but and. He said it's going to be four more days of this. And I remember Freddie. This was the year that Freddie came out of retirement for Origin. Yep. And I remember, I remember him sitting there saying, "He goes, I'm only coming out of retirement for Origin because I don't want to do the next four days training." And, <laughs> Far we, out. and we we're all just like, like, in our in our uh, exhaustion, we were laughing, and, and that's what he always he would had a big grin on his face. But yeah, that was one of the one of the intense sort of stories I remember from the from the, I think that was in 2004.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, um... Speaking of some of your teammates that you played alongside, um you know obviously Freddie and Fletcher and Rickardson and Morley and Fitzgibbon while you were at the Roosters, um do you yeah. have any fond memories of them? And you know, some yeah, of that shenanigans sort of thing that you guys got up to. Yeah,
1: uh, I do have some fond memories of the uh, the my time at the Roosters. Um, some like uh, there were some big personalities at the club. you know, yeah, Fletchers and your you ricos we were like the the ringleaders of the club, and it was a. Very much a train hard and play hard and party harder culture. Um,
0: but one so of the you, things that are, I was going to say. Sorry. What about? Um, do you have any notable um, partying memories with, with any of those big names?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously a, a lot of things, but some of the more notable ones for me was like uh, was in two thousand one when I debuted. I think was I played two games and um, Graham Murray was coach, yep. and I was in the in the I was. Uh, Luke Phillips was injured, so I was on standby to play for him. I remember we were doing a video session and uh, Mother was very um, very laid back in his approach and he was like, oh, boys, just go out there and this is what we're going to do this week and look upstream. That was one of these things. Look upstream and just play what you see and da-da-da. And I'm like a young kid, first in first grade. and So we ran out onto the field and started doing some laps to warm up. And I remember Fletch and Rico looking at each other and saying, fuck, we're not doing that. Uh, that was uh, uh, the game plan that mother had said was go and do this and just play what you see. And they're like, fuck that, we're not doing that. And I was just, I remember just sitting there going, Oh my God, is this how, is this what first grade's like? And, but that was, uh, pretty much where the, the club was at in 2001. Didn't have the greatest year. And that was, uh, after that is when sticky came in, but yeah, we had some, uh, fantastic, fantastic times. Our yeah, Trips away, uh, either, you know, during the year for weekends away or, um, uh, post-season trips were, were, were fantastic not a lot of stuff you can probably put on the record but <laughs> just some big big personalities and yeah we had we had a lot of fun a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh yeah laughing and taking the piss out of each other and yeah a lot of good times Yeah, nice. Um, and
0: crossing over the Tasman to your um, yeah. to your days in New Zealand um, some of your teammates you know um, synonymous with the Warriors you know such as Stacy Jones um obviously right. the coach, um, I think, I'm not sure, but maybe I think Daniel Anderson was the coach there at some at, at one point um, while you were there. And just in general, what was it like? Um, and what are some of the stories you have about that, that team as well?
1: Yeah, well, Daniel, Daniel Anderson left the year uh, before I came. So oh, when I came, it was Kemp, Tony Kemper just been oh, announced right, coach yeah. for the first year. Um, and, yeah, like there's some you know, some big personalities and then Stacy, uh really quiet bloke but really funny guy and Stacy was very uh Same tight Michael with American. like uh Yeah, yeah, he lo- he loved he loved the beer and and loved the chat and and, and a game of cards and, and Arwen Goodenbill was uh, very close to him so they were always yeah up for a laugh. Um yeah, we had a lot of a lot of a lot of fun times. It was a, a but for the that was mainly in the first year and then there was a big shuffle and then uh Ivan became coach, and most of the culture around that re- revolved around uh, Reuben uh, Wiki. Yes, so Reuben's one of like the best guys you'll ever meet, and such a legend of the sport. And you know, so uh, the best trainer in the you know does everything as best he can for himself, and he had such a great attitude, and it really rubbed off it on the on the club. Mm-hmm. So what we used to do at the Warriors, we'd have he'd have a carver bowl, um, and that was good because it encouraged all the young guys not to go out and get blind drunk after a game and carry on. We'd all sit around the Carver Bowl and, and laugh with each other and play cards, and that was probably, they were probably the, the funniest uh, stories I I have of uh, New Zealand. Um,
0: any, any notable pranks while you were down in New Zealand? Because as we know, down in New Zealand, it's notorious of, um, right. mainly in, in particular, Ivan Cleary, who's mentioned in our previous episode when I interviewed Ivan, of when... Uh, player that he was teaming <laughs> with broke into his house and scared him shitless with the scream mask. Right, that yeah. was uh, Natty Wood. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there any notable uh, things? Yeah, I do have a him?
1: actually. Yeah, I do. Um, yep. So in the second year of it, I was there. I think uh, George Gaddis and Michael Luck came over from uh, the Cowboys. Yep, yep. And so it was another group of Aussies. So they, they, them two moved in together. Um, and around the time, uh, Louis Anderson, who was one of the Anderson brothers, who was at the club. Yep. Uh, had got a mobile and remember this is like relatively new time for mobile phones. Yeah, for sure. Uh, had a mobile and he was he was texting a lot of the the boys and saying, "Oh hi, my name's Penny. Do you remember me from you know the night out or something?" And he, I think a few of the boys laughed at it and uh, we got the we got the Michael Luck got the phone and he began te- texting Lance a hire. <laughs> okay, and it was like, "Hey, hey, Lance, it's Penny. I met you at uh, down in Wellington a few weeks ago, or a month ago, or six months ago. I um, I'm coming up to Auckland. I would love to see you. And because Lance was one of the single boys at the time, and he and he bit, so he bit, and we were all killing ourselves laughing because we'd all go around to, okay. to Lucky's house. And so what we decided to do was to tell him that, um, tell Lance that because he didn't know where Michael Luck and George lived. So we, we, we said that this girl was staying at her auntie's house opposite where they lived. And they were in this, like, this uh, resort complex, and it was like a two-storey thing, so you could basically sit and watch from, uh, uh, you know, on the balcony and watch over the street. <laughs> so, so we, uh, yeah, we, we started texting him, come and pick us a, pick me up at 5 o'clock. So at 5 o'clock, you know, Lance's car turns up, and he's dressed to the nines and nice jeans, nice shirt. And he goes and knocks on this door, and the, the person answers, and you can see him like, gesticulating like what what are you talking about and he's looking at me (laughs) and so then we text him he said no 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 no, not that door next door you've got the wrong one so he walks out (laughs) walks out of the fence (laughs) walks out of the thing into the uh, the other neighbor knocks on the door and the same thing happens like someone answers the door and like what are you talking about and lance is a very well-known face in new zealand so we're on we're on the on the balcony just killing ourselves laughing and so then we text him again. No, no, sorry, Lance. It's not that next door. It's the other next door on the other side. And so, <laughs> so the third the third time we got him, and he still didn't click. And he got in his car, and you could see him staring at his phone in his car. And he sort of took off. And we texted him, and we're like, "Where are you going?" That's the opposite, wrong side of the street. And he eventually jerried and we were just. He hated us for a long time after that. He was imagine. very, uh, very angry about it all. But that was one of the one oh, of the stories. And that's a great prank. It, it, yeah, it worked. It worked so well. I think because he didn't know George and, and Lucky Cat well at that time, and he didn't know where they lived. But it, it just uh, worked a treat. So oh. sorry, Lance, if you're if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, Lance, if you're
0: listening to this, um, I'd love to get you yeah. on the podcast.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I think he lives over in the, lives over in the states now. So oh. that'd be a, a nice a nice uh, chat.
0: Yes. Um, and no. so, <coughs> sorry, um, and, uh, touching briefly on one of your former Warriors, uh, teammates, um, Rowan Baxter has unfortunately been announced or, pro- or pronounced as dead at the scene of a car crash today. Um, this is not intended to make any, you know, um, heart sob or anything like that it's it's i'm just mentioning it because you uh played with him with the warriors and as a testament to him do you have any um fond memories of being with at the team with him and things you want to share about you know the good times you spent with rowan while you're at the warriors
1: yeah like i I don't know the the circumstances of of what's happened except that he uh he's passed Mm -hmm. um from what i remember rowan was a very uh uh intense sort of guy um and I remember we we used to do like a pose training where it was not full throttle, but Rowan was one of those guys along with the late Sonny Fire who used to take it very, very seriously and run as hard as they could. And uh, him and I, uh, Sonny used to have the reputation of, oh, my God, we're doing a pose. We're going to get big big Sonny or big Stampy, we used to call him, running over the top of us and, and Rowan as well. And so he he was very you know energetic and aggressive. Um and you know, always had a funny story to tell. Um very uh um, how'd you say, yeah, very open, mm-hmm. uh, like honest with himself. Um but yeah, as I say, as to the circumstances I'm I'm not I'm not sure what yeah. what's happened on, um and it's sad for, for, for all very sad for all involved and, uh, especially if it involves children and stuff. It's uh, terribly, terribly sad.
0: Agreed. Um, and to finish off this call on a brighter note, um, let's uh, yeah. switch over to some of your stories that you may have of um, over in Hull and just in general, any any memories that when you think about your time in, in first grade, whether it was Super League or the NRL, what one never fails to make you smile?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, a lot a lot of the stories from the, the roosters that we always talk about when we when we when we get back together and we see all the old boys. Uh, one of the uh well, I don't know if it's a funny story or a, a, it is a sort of we when we were in Hull we had our mad Monday and you know, a lot of a lot of rough sort of characters in Hull and a lot of tough guys. Yep. Um, and uh, I don't know how to phrase it. So basically we had our mad Monday and everyone, you know, had a lot to drink. Um we met up with a couple of the uh, Aussies from another team in England. Yep. Um, and one of the Aussie guys had had a bit to drink and he was, he was just a, he was a, a joker and everyone in Australia knew it. He was just a fun guy, but he was just uh, a little bit too jokey for one of the, a couple of the English guys. And he
0: was, uh, the English was, not, uh, were they not getting that he was joking? They,
1: no, he was just calling a couple of the English guys who we didn't really know. Um, Name, names as, as a joke. Yep. Um, but and they the guy keep taking it as a joke. Yeah, and the guy sort of warned him and said, "Listen, mate. Okay, just cut it out. I don't like being called that." Yep. And he he turned around and he called him again. And a few of us who Willie Munner was good friends with him, and Willie went and said, "Listen, mate, you don't want to be saying that to him. He's he you know he, he, he doesn't mind having a having a go." Anyway, so it kept going on, and we're all our team was just there going on. Oh, no, we know what's going to happen, and all of a sudden it exploded. And uh, yeah, he knocked the guy out, and I think he ended up ten minutes later knocking a second guy out at the same thing. So that was one of the
0: that's a bit of a not funny man, stories,
1: but <laughs> it was a, it was a bit rowdy, but it was uh, yeah, it was quite memorable for the wrong reasons in a sense. Yeah, um, I'm sure they're all good now, and I'm sure I know the guy from Hull is is doing well and. It wasn't really his fault. He tried his best to uh, keep a lid on it, but uh, after all the the drinking and stuff, uh, yeah, he couldn't uh, <laughs> he couldn't. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was yeah. That's one of the one of those stories that you uh, um, you remember from from footy. And also, you know, we had funny guys in Hull. There was a, gu- a guy named Jamie Thackeray, mm-hmm. uh, I think he played for England at some stage, and he was one of the biggest characters you'll you'll ever likely meet. And Always singing, always got a story. And when we when we'd uh, go on trips away, he'd be the one who would take the microphone off the band and start singing, <laughs> singing songs in front of the whole crowd or the plaza. Oh wow! So yeah, those are the kind of things I I I remember more more so than the, the individual games yep. and the, and and you know individual moments.
0: And who was the main jokester while you were, while you were at the Roosters?
1: Um. Oh, definitely would be, It would be Fletch. I mean, as you see him on the the, the, the Fox, the Fox Sports, the yeah. Fletch and Heine. Fletch Fletcher's exactly the same on that as he is in real life. Oh wow! Um, Do you have always a, got a
0: memorable, funny moment while you were in the team with him of some of the <laughs> thing you got up to that you can tell. Uh,
1: me <laughs> probably the most memorable ones. Probably not, but just he would just. He's one of those guys who would take a group of people and just be the leader and just. And everything would be funny, and he'd rip in. He'd, he's got that ability to rip into people from outside the group and be smiling and have them laughing at the same time while he's actually really ripping into them. Oh, Far out. So we, we would meet people in pubs or on the street or wherever we were, and he'd be ba- he'd be bagging them to their face, but laughing about it, and they'd be laughing about it. And so they ne- it was just one of those one of those abilities to... people would never get angry when he was taking the piss out of them. Oh, okay. So we we used to have a yeah, real real fun time when uh, whenever Fletch was uh, uh, leading proceedings.
0: Nice. Um, yeah. Well, I mean that about wraps that up really. I just obviously... um, and to wrap it up, we've got um, we're bringing back this year the a thing called Tri Time Trivia, which right. is six NRL trivia questions to represent a set of six tackles. Okay. You know, um, just quick fire sort of thing. Um, don't have to know them. You know, etc. Yeah. Uh you ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Question one. Which position did Ryan Gerdler play for the Penrith Panthers? Centre. Yes. In 2008, what club won 40 0 nil over Melbourne Storm in the grand final? Melbourne. Uh, yes. What year was Wally Lewis inducted into the Immortals? No idea? No, uh, 99. Um, who knocked out South Sydney Rabbitohs in the 2015 NRL final series? No, it was Cronulla. And we got two more questions. Yep. What year did Lewis Brown debut for the Sea Eagles?
1: Lewis Brown debuted Hammond? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, it would have to be before he went to before he went to the Warriors. He was probably Tigers. Maybe like 2007.
0: Oh no! I thought you were going to go 2016 because <laughs> that's what what year it was. 2016. 2016. Lewis Brown debuted with the Sea Eagles.
1: Oh okay, but yes. it's not his NRL. Really.
0: Um, no, 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 I, no, that's I think that's where they get you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: um. He was at the Warriors after the year after I was there. Yes. And yes. Yes.
0: Yes. And last question: Which English Super League club did the Sydney Roosters defeat in the two thousand and three World Club oh, Championship? Was uh, yes, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um i before you do
1: it. I'll give you a little bit of trivia. Yeah, go for it. Uh, my first touch in first grade. Yep. I got a. I ran from dummy half and got a penalty. As in you were penalised? No. Oh, you got the penalised, yes. and, and Guess who the
0: player was that... Uh, was it Seltler? Yeah. Far out, no way. Dude, no I'm going to add that to... Yeah. That's, yeah. Far out. Um, well, I want to thank you very much for joining us here. And no um, maybe get you on at some point again at the end of the season with the Roosters and like, yeah. see how the Roosters went. No